So if I excel, maybe I won't be punished, right? If I excel in speaking or writing or showing up as a leader or getting all A's or whatever, like, like I said at the beginning, school was my safe space, right? Because in that space, the rules were clear. Like if you do all these things and you do them perfectly, you get the A, you get the reward, right? So the rules were clear and not as arbitrary as they were at home. So whereas at home, the rules might be one thing one day and they might be something else the next day. So at some level, I was intelligent, uh, you know, intellectually very strong, yet emotionally incredibly retarded. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's episode with Emerald Green Forest, Emerald really shares, she's a, I was actually on her podcast, Men on Purpose, about a year ago at the time of recording her episode with us. She also does a podcast for women as well, just sort of separating the markets and her guests. But one of the things that was really interesting about this episode is Emerald has been through a fair amount of trauma in her life. And this is actually what she does now is to help others who are going through stuff. (laughs) Uh, So she talks about in the show, same stuff, different day, and you're not happy with that stuff. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to change to get out of that stuff? And are you going to work on yourself? So one of the discussions that we had is, It's amazing to me anyways, that there are many people who want to have different outcomes. They want to improve their life. They want to have better relationships. They want to be clear about themselves. They want to bring more confidence. They want to improve their communication skills, whatever the case might be, but they're not willing to invest in themselves. They're not willing to do anything for themselves as far as an investment. And, you know, I've shared this story before where my son in university had a friend who asked, I said, well, how much is your dad's personal style indicator online? And he said, well, it's $45 retail. And he said, that's $45. I'm not spending that on myself. And that weekend, he went to a movie, had a pizza and a beer, and spent 75 bucks. And so, you know, what you're spending your money on, if you're not willing to invest in yourself, then how are you going to shift? And then we also talk about, you know, mentorship or coaching, which is some of the services that we have here as well. But one of the things that uh, we have launched uh, a while ago now is one of our online courses is what do you really value? And it's such a simple yet powerful process where you take our values preference indicator, get to know what your behavioral or motivational values are, and I take you through the course a step-by-step process to understand what this means for you. Are they being met? Are they not being met? What are you doing to fulfill them? What are you not doing to fulfill them? and really provide a simply a powerful roadmap. And we use a, a metaphor where so what would it mean to you if you could make the right decision every time? And that is a play on words, but the reality is it's very close to that because once I filter my decisions based on my values, then I can make the right decision every time because I'm using a framework. The challenge is majority of people don't know what they are. And if you're one of them, my encouragement is that you would take a look at that. So thank you again for listening. If you like what we're doing, pass it on, share it. 
let somebody else know about it, leave a positive comment on whatever platform you're on. If you know of an amazing guest that would fit the Secrets of Success framework, uh, then we're more than keen. And if you're a host, we're more than keen than being a guest on your show. So thank you for listening. So here's our show with Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's guest, I had the pleasure of being on her podcast. Well, actually, it's almost a year ago, if you can believe it, on Men on Purpose. And so we'll get into sort of how she started that. And there was a, a recent development on that podcast as well. She's also a host of Wickedly Smart Women podcast, both rated, you know, in the top 50 or 75 in their categories. So welcome to the show, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome, Emerald. Thank you so much, Ken, for having me. Delighted to be here. Well, it, it, we actually sent an invitation out to you m- many months ago, but you're so busy, we couldn't get you on till now. So uh, thanks for taking the time to kind of hang out with us. Oh, you are so welcome. And yes, that happens sometimes. We can get we can get invitations that we don't answer for quite a while, but we're here. So that's the important thing. We we're finally here. made it. <laughs> so Emerald, of course, you're in the business of really helping others to uh, realize their purpose and to be successful in life. And before we get into sort of that current space that you're doing and what you're doing, uh, we always like story here at Secrets of Success in your journey and how you got to where you're at right now and some of the life lessons that you've learned along the way. So what was sort of like family life growing up for you? Well, that's a great question, Ken. So family life growing up for me, on the one hand, I I grew up in a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant little tiny village in New Hampshire uh, with cows and chickens and all the other farm kind of farmland it was a lot of farmland and vegetables and fruits and so forth all around us Uh, and my parents were dysfunctional to say the least my dad was a raging alcoholic and my mom uh, likely had undiagnosed borderline personality disorder or some other kind of um, mental health issue Mm. so it was a very uh, it it was a very bucolic and traumatic childhood all rolled into one (laughs) Now, do you have siblings, Emerald? Um, I am the oldest of my mother and father's marriage, and I have a younger brother, but they were both married before, so I have an older brother on my mom's side that's 15 years older and an older brother and sister that are 15 and 13 years older on my dad's side. So I actually also lived through both of my brothers being in the Vietnam War when I was little. Mm, Wow. Wow. So... When you think about this um, sort of tension at home, what do you think some of the impacts were to you as a young child uh, growing Mm. up in that environment? Yeah, well, certainly I I experienced a lot of physical, mental, emotional, and psychological uh, abuse, that's for sure. Uh, And, you know, as a result of that, created a lot of, of trauma and drama in my own life. So as I grew older, I, you know, went down the road of addiction myself for a while, uh, got involved in all kinds of relationships that were dysfunctional and kind of re- repeats of, of the patterns that were laid down in my childhood. But the other thing that, um, you know, I will have to say is that as a result of, of the experiences I had, 
I have been able, thankfully, due to some really powerful choices that I made along the way, I've been able to transmute the the crap into gold. So <laughs> I've been able mm-hmm. to, I've, I've managed to, with you know some of my own techniques and technologies, but also with other techniques and technologies that I invested in myself over time to, to get help, to get the help and to heal a lot of the things. So now I'm able to actually be successful. I'm able to speak my truth. I'm able to tell the hard stories without falling apart uh, or without hiding them. I'm mm-hmm. able to, to help other people who have you know, experienced some kind of trauma in their life. And there's, you know, trauma is trauma, even though there are varying degrees of trauma, somebody who's traumatized is still somebody who's traumatized. So I'm, I'm able, I've been able to transmute the challenges that I faced into service to others. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to come into that in depth a little bit later in the show. Uh, but before we get there, where, where did you go after high school? Great. So um, when I graduated from high school, I actually graduated a year early because I was very intelligent and school was my safe space. So uh, I was actually 27th out of 127 in a class where I graduated in three years instead of four years. Everybody else was a four-year graduate. So I went to college for one year, but my dad had lost his job because of his alcoholism literally two weeks before I graduated high school. So I got one year in college and my original trajectory was I was going to be a biochemist and maybe even ultimately a pharmacist. I was very mm-hmm. heavily into the sciences. But the, um, you know, the trajectory of my life changed and I ended up, ultimately I ended up in the real estate industry. And so I spent almost 20 years in the real estate industry and at the end of that career, I was building uh, 51 single-family houses, 56 apartments, and an office building with two partners. I was the national chairperson of my trade association, and we represented one in eight homeowners in the country. Yeah, and then I had a spiritual awakening <laughs> uh, in my late 30s. And after, after that, I left the real estate industry and started to dive deep into personal development. So hang on. How does somebody get into this real estate space? and then have this significant amount of success. You know, explain to the audience, we just love a story about how these things uh, weave the intricacies of our life, but how, how did that unfold? Well, you know, I, I started in the real estate industry. I think, you know, what I do have to say is that I, I carry, a, I'm very gifted. I'm very gifted. I, I carry a lot of intelligence and, um, I'm also very persistent and very devoted to things work functioning, things functioning. So when I first started in the real estate industry, I, I literally came in the door and I was the receptionist. And within 10 days, I was promoted to being the assistant in the finance department. And within a few months, I was promoted to being manager, you know, property manager. And with a few months after that, I was promoted to being uh, the vice president for uh, an entire division. And and so I've had a lifetime of really being able to leap. And I, mm. I don't know whether it was part of my, like when I was little, I was put into kindergarten a year ahead, but then they took me out because my birthday was not the right birthday. But then I ended up graduating a year early. And so, you know, I have this whole lifetime of, 
of leaping, leaping into mm-hmm. a space, and then from getting into that space, leaping into a leadership position. And it has repeated again and again and again in my life. And I know what you're looking for here, Ken, is is kind of the practical, tactical ways of doing it. But the truth, for me at least, is I just showed up and was myself. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I had the privilege and the gift of ending up always kind of precipitating myself up into a leadership role. I just continue no matter what industry I'm in. So after real estate, you know, I was the youngest national chair person of the association that I was the chair of. After real estate, I got into the healing arts and the arts, had my own art gallery and healing art center and in the city that I live in and, and literally led the entire city to become Mm -hmm. a, a, a new Mecca for the arts in the area. And then I left that and went into the online space and became a leader at the front end of a wave of women that were rising up in the early uh, 2010 times time zone to speak and share their messages about, you know, healing and consciousness raising. And so, yeah, I just have a life pattern of doing that. And I can't uh, give you a step by step. Yeah. Well, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second. I think Emerald part of the curiosity for me and in, in the audience is, you know, there's a lot of intelligent people that don't go anywhere. Right? Mm, I mean, they're true. sharp, but they're idiots or mm-hmm. uh, they lack emotional intelligence. So what do you mm. think were some of the characteristics and qualities, you know, you, you showed up, you were persistent, mm. uh, but I suspect that's not enough to kind of get where you were at so quickly. So what were some of the things that you were doing that really attracted them to you to say, we need to promote Emerald here. She's mm-hmm. really earned a position to go quicker and faster than other people. So what, were, what would you say to the audience, some of the character traits that you were deploying in a day in and day out basis to accelerate and grow so quickly? Yeah. Okay. So I would, the first thing that comes to mind, Ken, is speak you know, I, I was willing to speak. I was willing to say, hey, there's a, I see a better way of doing this. Or, you know, here's my point of view. Here's my perspective. I was willing to express myself verbally. And I was also willing to express myself in writing. So both verbal and written expression have definitely been a part of, of the journey for me. And, and even if it was unwieldy at times, like even right now, this interview feels a little unwieldy to me, but I'm here and I'm showing up and I'm saying what I'm saying because it is my truth. And so I would say the first thing is, is I continued to show up and express myself, even if it was messy. So mm. that's, that's the first thing. So um, where do you think you got that courage from? when you were, you know, a lot of times when people have trauma and we'll get into your process and how you got sort of flip that for yourself Mm -hmm. is a lot of times people in trauma, they withdraw rather than kind of go out there. Yeah, I did that. I definitely, uh, well, so there's, so, so there's parts of me, Ken, that are very withdrawn. And then there are parts of me that are very expressed. So I'm going to say even now, there are parts of me that are tender and withdrawn that are still healing from the trauma of my childhood. In fact, I just did a piece of work Monday, last mm-hmm. Monday, on a, on a part of myself that has been holding my 
forward momentum back because she was trapped in in that time that little mm-hmm. three or four year old part of myself and so what I want to say is that I found ways to move the energy through me such as writing and excelling so excelling was actually a coping mechanism for me Ken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so if I excel maybe I won't be punished right if I excel in speaking or writing or showing up as a leader or getting all A's or whatever like like I said at the beginning school was my safe space right yeah. because yeah. in that space uh, the rules were clear like if you do all these things and you do them perfectly you get the A you get the reward right so the rules were clear and not as arbitrary as they were at home. So whereas at home, the rules might be one thing one day and they might be something else the next day. So at some level, I was intelligent, uh, you know, intellectually very strong, yet emotionally incredibly retarded. Well, the re- one of the reasons I have so much curiosity, my mother, is who is 86, she'll never listen to this podcast, so I'm good to go, is, <laughs> uh, she's an adult child of alcoholism mm. and was abused as a child, so physically abused. So I, I get that, and I even see you know her scars that she hasn't processed even now at 86. Mm. And so I, I sort of have a personal curiosity uh, just over how you did that so well and and so let me also say that I actually did not come into really powerfully being able to direct myself into my own full expression so I expressed in service to others through my 20s and into my 30s like I, I I played the game that allowed me to excel in the eyes of others and it wasn't until my spiritual awakening that I was able to begin the process of unwinding that mm. uh, coping mechanism and starting to actually get access to my own feelings and my own physical body. And, and so one of the ways that I did that was through the, I started the practice of yoga back in 2001. And that was like step one mm-hmm. was the practice of yoga. Well, there's all kinds of research around, you know, if I'm meditating or quiet and reflective, that that's beneficial for us. And for sure, um, you know, that's a powerful thing. So thank you for that. So you, you're doing the real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what? What happened well, after that? Yeah, so there was a, another tra- more trauma, more trauma in my family. My, um, my son experienced some severe trauma at daycare. And uh, that exploded and imploded my marriage. And it also was a catalyst for my own spiritual awakening. And it caused me to leave the real estate industry as well, because I got very clear very quickly that I had, I was in a toxic environment and toxic relationship with my business partners as well. So I ended up divorced. I ended up leaving my, my career behind and, going on a, an inner journey I had I literally had a spiritual awakening in a yoga class so yoga was definitely a catalyst for me because part of what happens Ken when you have had a traumatic childhood especially um, you know an alcoholic childhood or an abusive childhood or, or some combination of both is 
I, I left my body. I was out of my body. I, I like literally the only thing that counted was my head, right? So the mm-hmm. intellect was supreme because that was my safe space, but I was out of my body and I was out of touch with my feelings. So in engaging in the practice of yoga, which is actually an ancient practice to unite, yoga means uniting the mind and the body and the spirit. When you're out of your body, you know, um, you've got to find a way back in. And so because of the yoga practice, I was able to start to open up those places and spaces within me that had been repressed, suppressed, or depressed while I was out of my body, you know, performing. Mm. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for sharing that, Emerald. What would you say to other individuals who are listening? They might, they might not even know that they have sort of trauma. How do you kind of filter through and and figure out is this, if this is holding you back. So mm. when you start thinking about this transformation that you went through, what would you say to those of us listening uh, about what might be a next step or a consideration there? Well, you know, I think the first indicator that you have experienced trauma is when you repeatedly find yourself in patterns that are unhealthy or Uh, detrimental to, you know, authentic thriving, authentic success. And even if you don't have memory of trauma, if if you repeatedly find yourself in, you know, either relationship patterns in your intimate relationships or patterns at work, like, you know, oh man, no matter what I do, I always end up with the shitty boss kind of thing. You know, that's a pattern, right? When you start to say to yourself, God, no matter what I do, X, Y, Z, that's a key indicator that there's a pattern there that needs to be um, looked at more deeply in order to get up underneath the pattern so that you can dismantle it at the core. It's not enough to, you know, divorce the third husband because he's the same as the second husband and he's the same as the first husband who's ultimately probably the same as your father, right? It's not enough to just... Uh, attempt to correct it on the surface when you find that you are in a a SSDD same stuff different day kind of situation that is a key indicator that there is something much deeper going on at the core that needs to be that you need to wake up to and and walk away from and Mm -hmm. this is like this is actually step one of my wealthy life method where I help people Um, Step one, to wake up and walk away from what's not working. Instead of banging your head against the wall and keep saying, oh my God, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working, you have to actually wake up to and begin the excavation process of discovering why it's not working so that you can dismantle it. Mm. So you had this uh, awakening and transformation. What what occurred then? So after that happened, I... um, and what happened was I was actually in the park doing yoga and I, I literally had my third eye burst open and I could see these golden white orbs of light going up and down a staircase. It was the weirdest thing, Ken, because I was a real estate developer. I was like, what am I seeing? And when I sat up in the, in the park and opened my physical eyes, everyone in the park was a golden white orb of light. And it was like, literally, that's how I could, how I was seeing through my eyes. And I even started asking myself an hour, two hours later, as I was still seeing in this way, 
is this is this the way I'm going to be seeing from now on that everyone in the in the cars were golden white orbs of light so um after that experience that opened up a whole lot for me and a bunch of re, as I said before repressed depressed and suppressed uh, aspects of myself started to emerge so my author emerged my healer emerged my artist self emerged uh, my performer self emerged and I gave myself permission to allow all of those aspects of myself to emerge and to start to claim them so you know until you write a book and publish it you're not an author but as soon as you have a published book in your hand you can say I am an author right you can say I'm a writer before that mm -hmm. but until you have a published book in your hand you you don't get to say I'm an author so I began this process then of just giving free reign to my spirit and giving free reign to the parts of myself that had been unexpressed for so long mm -hmm. what would you say to uh, listeners who are kind of choked up and, and maybe blocked in this in this step what would be an encouragement or some things they can consider to do oh that's a great question so one of the things that was super helpful for me was journaling I I began the process of just allowing the pen to write whatever wanted to be written uh, without concern for whether or not anyone was ever going to see it without concern for whether or not it was grammatically correct without concern for even what the words actually were on the page sometimes you just need to allow the energy to come out in some way uh, and so for me journal writing was was first on the list and then um, making art for the sake of making art not because I wanted to put it in a museum somewhere but because the feelings of the the repressed energy needed to be expressed needed to come out and um, I did I have a fun fun game that I sometimes advise some of my clients to do which is get chocolate pudding and get some finger pink paper at the at the kids section of the store uh, of the supply store they have finger paint painter paper get some finger paint paper get some chocolate pudding and get down on the floor with the chocolate pudding and the finger paint paper and just let yourself play with the finger paint paper and the chocolate pudding and you can even lick your fingers when you're done yeah, and you can and eat it, your art there you exactly go. you can eat your art and it it it, it just, what it does is it moves this stuckness you know you said choked up well that that is an indicator that there is energy that's repressed emotion that is repressed that is seeking expression in some way mm -hmm. you know you could even start by humming just hum if you feel choked up start humming a little bit just to to be aware and let your body know oh I'm feeling stuck I'm feeling choked up hmm I'm gonna hum a little bit hmm or whistle my dad was a whistler and 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 now I know that his whistling was was uh, letting off steam you know he was letting off steam mm -hmm. so find the ways that bring you delight or at least bring you relief and move your body you know if it's walking if it's bicycling if it's dancing if it's uh, yoga practice if, 
even if it's just rocking in a rocking chair, to begin to move things. Getting things moving is the key. Mm, excellent. So how did you get into this development space? And I'm curious about, you know, here's this individual. You have a father who, you know, quite frankly, was abusive. And then you start a podcast, Men on Purpose. <laughs> like, yeah. help me with that one. Yeah, great question. Well, so in two, uh, from between 2008 to 2016, I actually um, had a business called The Empowered Messenger, and it was my online um, speaking and mentorship coaching business. I don't like to call it coaching because I'm not a coach. I'm more of a mentor, mentor guide, trusted advisor. Uh, and and my that business was primarily aimed at women. I helped women to feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. And then in 2016, uh, we reached a culmination of seven years of my son and I being entangled where he was addicted to heroin mm. and a variety of other drugs. He was fully engaged in the addiction storyline. And uh, in 2016, he actually, um, we had a, a, a life rupture in my house with him. And after that, Everything changed in my life. Everything, uh, my business disintegrated. Uh, you know, I had another level of spiritual awakening. And when I came out of that, I, w I had a calling to start serving men, which I follow the calling. So my life since 2001, since my spiritual awakening has been, you know, follow the calling because the calling has, has healed me. The calling has held me. The calling has... Um, has been that which into which I've poured my life in service to not only the world but also to my own evolution and growth. And so I got this calling to serve men, and I, I ended up rebranding my business and putting it out there that I was going to start serving men. And as a result of that process, uh, the podcast emerged as a marketing um, vehicle with which to reach the men that I felt called to serve. But what was really happening, Ken, mm. was, was every single episode, yours included, was an opportunity for me to heal my relationship with men. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because what happened after what happened with my son was I became clear that I had been involved in relationships with men that were either abusive, had some form of addiction part, as part of them, or I felt alienated from my entire life. And I finally saw in 2016-17, I finally saw I was the single unifying thread in all of those relationships. And so when I shifted my focus and I began to consciously choose to seek out and elevate, celebrate, and spotlight what I called men on purpose, it allowed me to have an entirely different experience of men, and it allowed me to have a huge healing around my relationship with men. Now, I, I want to just stop for a moment. I have a question that's been given me, and that was just, what would you say to people out there that have sort of an embittered or bitterness towards a group. I, you know, I don't know the group. It's just a group. It could be women, could be men, could be whatever. Uh, what would you say to them to let that go and then 
what you really did is, and this is what we teach at CRJ too, is taking full responsibility and not being a victim. What would you say to those people listening out there where they have some kind of unforgiveness or bitterness in their heart? Mm, yeah, well... And I'm not, I'm not uh, what's the word? I'm not saying that what somebody did is is supportive or right or you are agreeing with it, but how can I get free then? Yeah, well, I think the very first step is to not be in denial that you were abused if you were abused. Like, so I think that's a big challenge. A lot of times people just like want to push that under the rug and forget about it, but it's there. It's not mm -hmm. going to go away if you don't shine the light on it. So step one is to stop pretending it didn't happen, first of all. And then take responsibility for doing your own part in dismantling your internal response to a traumatic experience. Like you're, we're not, um, we are not saying that uh, it is, is excusable, right? We're not saying that a, a traumatic abusive experience is excusable. But what we are intending here with this, expression of how to navigate that bitterness is first admit that it happened, acknowledge that you were hurt, care for the part of yourself that was injured, and then from there begin to dismantle in yourself the pattern of response that um, continues to play out that is really asking you to just look at the at the boo boo. Like 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 let's look at this wound. If if you're especially if you're caught in a repeating pattern of mm -hmm. of SSDD, it's because you haven't looked at that core initial wound. So and then from there, once you start to dismantle your conditioned responses, then you have power because all of your energy has been put into perpetuating and maintaining your conditioned responses to keep you safe. And once you have power unleashed, once you have dismantled that conditioning, you literally have unleashed a huge amount of life force and a huge amount of energy. And from there, you can choose what you want to create instead. So in my case, I chose to create an experience of connecting with, elevating, celebrating, and spotlighting men on purpose. But I could not have gotten there if I hadn't done all that other work first. Mm, of course, of course. Well, thank you, Emerald, for sharing that and, and really encourage audience members to not play the victim. We're not suggesting that what happened was permissible, or as you said, or excusable or any verb somebody wants to use or describe her. But the reality is, in the end, I have to take responsibility. So what do you think yeah, created, I want to take that apart. Created, created this move for you to get out of where you're at and then take ownership that you were the thread? Yeah, I, I want to take that take responsibility apart piece right there that you said we have to take responsibility. I want to be very clear with the listeners. A lot of times people hear those words, take responsibility, and it's like it, it, there's a feeling of exhaustion. There's a feeling of, oh my God, I have, why do I have to take this on when they were the one that did this thing, mm -hmm. right? And so I want to really unpack the word responsibility and I want to 
I want to cycle it back to what I just said about responsibility is your ability to respond. So if your ability to respond is, is hijacked by perpetuating patterns of coping that were created by the original injury, if your energy and your ability to respond is all coagulated in that, mm -hmm. then the, that's the only way you can respond is as a victim. But the work here is to decondition, to, to admit that the first thing, the, the initial trauma happened. Don't, uh, uh, you know, excuse the other person, but excuse yourself. Excuse yourself from perpetuating a coping pattern that was built out of that. Because mm. once you dismantle that coping pattern, then you can have the ability to respond in a new way to the world. Mm. Mm. Because now you have the power. It, it, otherwise, you don't have the energy because all your energy is literally trapped in the old response pattern. It's trapped. Yeah, it's stuck. It's yeah. stuck. And, and the best way to get unstuck, you know, I mean, we've, we've given people some some simple things that they can do on their own, but the very best way to get unstuck is to get help from somebody, you know, to get help from somebody else who has unstuck themselves, mm -hmm. that you can see has unstuck themselves, that you can see is showing up and relating and responding to the world in a different way than you are. So, for example, for me, when I walked into the yoga class the very first time, the teacher emanated peace and my life was not peaceful it was a nightmare mm -hmm. at that point in my journey and and her holding of that essence of peacefulness soon as I saw it I was like I want that I don't care what I got to do I don't care if I have to put my legs in a pretzel I don't care if I dye my hair purple I don't care if I have to stand on my head I want what she's got mm. and so you know, finding those people in the world, because they are there, finding those people in the world that are, that are behaving in ways that you would like to behave in your own life. Or prayer is another, another beautiful thing, because I've had so much divine intervention in my life. You know, the, the right book falls off the bookshelf at the bookstore, and I happen to have that pick it up and take it home and read it, and it makes a huge difference in my life. Or listening to a podcast, and I hear somebody's story, and I'm like, oh my God, that's my story. I need to talk to that person or hire that person to help me, mm -hmm. right? Or going things, right straight to hiring somebody. Yeah. And I agree. And of course, um, excuse me. Yeah. Is, um, I mean, way back in 89, when I got into this profession, mm. I hired a coach who really helped me to get clear about my life purpose. So it's not something where I'm weak. I'm actually show my strength by reaching out. The mm. other thing that we teach here and, and picking up that you agree too a lot of time our life is a reflection of the people we hang out with. Mm -hmm. So if we are hanging out with people who have conflict, who don't have peace, that have all the qualities we don't want, 
then what makes you think by hanging out with them that it's going to change? So you shift over to what you want, but you also have to kind of leave what you don't want as Correct. part of that decision-making too. And I'm not suggesting that's easy. In a lot of cases, that, cases that's family members where you have to limit your exposure. And Absolutely. You move, you move into that new space. Now, we only have a few minutes left, if you can believe it already. <laughs> it's been just a natural flow and conversation, and that's what I like about your Emerald. Now, before we get into some, I'll say, five minutes of closing remarks, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people know about how to get a hold of you. So what are the different ways that they can get a hold of you? Sure. Well, um, I, I actually have a quiz that I've created that I think would be fun for your people. And uh, I have a process called the Wealthy Life Method that uh, I take people through to help them to dismantle some of the things that are going on in their lives so that they can actually free up that energy and redirect it towards the life that they're dreaming of and, and what they really want to do. So um, people can go to quiz dot wealthy life mentor dot com and that will give you uh, on a scale it's it's a scaled quiz it will give you some feedback on how you might be um, either repelling wealth or being ready for a wealthy life and I want to be clear in my definition of a wealthy life is more than just money a wealthy life is the sum total of all of the resources that come together to allow you to thrive in the world and that includes your time your health your intellect and imagination and intuition uh, the energy exchange that you make with the world in the form of compensation which is the money part and then of course having fun with your friends your family and your fellow travelers on the journey so that that for me is a wealthy life when all of those resources are in right relationship with each other and you mm-hmm. are thriving and so they can go uh, again let me just give the, the URL again quiz.wealthylifementor.com and uh, once you take the quiz that will put you into my world and certainly they can also tune into either of my podcasts um, I sold the men on purpose podcast but there's still 162 episodes that I did interviews that are up in the archive uh, or the wickedly smart women podcast awesome awesome well thanks Emerald for that and we'll make sure everybody that that uh, URL is in the show notes and whatever platform you're listening on so Emerald when when we think about sort of encouraging you know the listeners as we sort of wind this episode up mm-hmm. and then of course you have the wealthy uh, um, life method mm-hmm. what would be two maximum three suggestions or recommendations to our listeners beyond what you've shared already for them to kind of take their life to the next level mm, okay so the first thing that I would suggest is that you want to take inspired action so if you're listening and you're inspired and you are feeling that that urge to do something uh, whether it's take my quiz or enroll with Ken in something or enroll with somebody else who you've listened to on this podcast, um, take the action. Take inspired action. And I want to be really clear that there's a difference between taking action for action's sake and taking action because you're inspired. Inspired action is that welling up inside you of like, oh, this is my direction this is where I'm being called to go and even if it feels a little nervy and even if it feels a little like "Eh, really am I okay going in that direction 
take it because that's inspired action. And that's your, your bigger self calling you forward, right? It's the bigger self that's reaching out its hand to you and saying, come, I am here to guide you. So number one, I would say take inspired action. Number two, I would say invest. And every time I've needed to take inspired action, I've needed to invest, whether it's time, energy, or money, or usually all of the above, right? So invest in the direction that you are being shown to go. And whether that's getting coaching services or whether that's buying a book or whether that is, you know, spending time reflecting yourself all by yourself in, you know, with some self-reflective questions that you've been given, take the time, make the investment, make the money investment, make the time investment to, to create the change, to create the conscious change that you want to create. And then the third thing I would say is immerse yourself. So if you have taken inspired action and you've invested, go all the way, go deep. Don't be a surface skimmer. Go deep because this is your life. Immerse yourself in what will support you to emerge with a life that is filled with magic and joy and pleasure and delight and right relationship with yourself and with the whole world. Mm. You know, uh, Emerald, on that point, it is surprising and sometimes even, I don't even want to use the word shocking to me, individuals who want to make a difference or, or want to change their life, but they're not willing to invest. Mm. And then the other side, of course, is if you think about Olympic athletes, they don't get to be the best in the world because they work out five minutes a week. They, yeah. they throw, they're all in. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to use the Texas Hold'em. So you're yeah. saying, let's be all in. Let's like, let's do it. Let's get well, on. Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. We have to be wholehearted. And, and, you know, the funny thing you said is people who say they want to change the world or change themselves, they don't really want to if they're not willing to invest. They really don't want to. That's just performative language. They're just saying, oh, I just really want to change things. And all they're doing is putting, you know, words out in the air that are not landing on anything because they're not willing to actually invest. If, they're, if you're not willing to invest, stop saying you want to change because you don't. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. On that note, Emerald, <laughs> that's, that's good to end on because we're really calling people out if you want to go to the next level. So uh, Emerald, thanks. Emerald Green Forest, thanks for hanging out with us today. Mm, thank you so much for having me, Ken. It's been a pleasure. Well, Secrets of Success listeners, uh, Emerald Green Forest has given you some insights and a story, a really heartfelt story about going to the next level that if Emerald could overcome those things that she's overcome to help other individuals to go to and realize their best, their purpose, their calling, their assignment, sorry, no excuses, take responsibility, but responsibility as described to change your responses to go to the next level. So as always, we thank you for sharing your most valuable commodity, your time. If you like what we're doing, please share, pass it on, let somebody else know what we're doing. Leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. 
We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.